Moment of Encounter is a weekly live broadcast brought to you by Calvary We Revival Labels through God's servant Chidebele Odeze. The teachings are focused on building the church and raising men that will do exploit in this end time. You can connect live to Moment of Encounter every Tuesday by 6 p.m. West African time at www.mixlr.com forward slash Moment of Encounter. May you have a life-changing encounter as you listen. God bless you.
thank you because lives are being transformed already. Thank you because your spirit is touching lives already. Thank you because things are happening in the spirit. Thank you because there are some level of displacement. There are some level of promotion. There are some level of lifting and uplifting in this Kalima Mahunda. Ramasuma Tabu Lebo Sarama Mula Mahanda Lama Sirima Kalima Londo Lama Shaka Kakaka Hika Lebo Sirima Mahunda Lama Sekeke
shall we to lift you up from where you are from where you are supposed to be Thank you, my Father. Thank you, my Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, our Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. First Peter chapter four. First Peter chapter four. Tonight is a special night of encounter with God. Special. Verse 10 says, As every man has received the gift. Even so, many start the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Thank you, Jesus. Living Bible said, God has given each of you some special abilities. Be sure to use them to help each other. Passing on to others God's many kinds of blessings. Are you called to preach? Then preach as though God himself were speaking through you. Are you called to help others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies all the strength not some of them all the energies not some of them that God himself supplies that's how to serve others why? so that God will be glorified through Jesus Christ to him be the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. What of NIV? Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. As faithful stewards of God's grace in his various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, 
they should do so with the strength God himself provides. So that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and power forever and ever. Stewardship of God's gifts that he has bestowed upon our lives. That's our topic tonight. Each of us has received one gift or the other from God. And God is expecting us to be faithful stewards of whatsoever gifts that he has given to us. NIV said that you should use whatsoever gift that you have received to serve others. From my personal observation, I discovered that so many believers are confused about the gifts of God that they have. Some don't know. Some are afraid to use the gifts that God has given to them to serve others. Some are intimidated. Some are idly wasting time. Some are serving, but they are not doing it in such a way that God alone will be glorified. That's why we are looking at this tonight. Now, these particular two verses we have read divided the gifts of God, all of them, into two categories. The speaking gifts and the service gifts. The speaking gifts are all the gifts that has to do with preaching, teaching the word of God. The service gifts are all the gifts of God that has to do with doing practical things in the name of the Lord. Practical actions that are God-originated and oriented. So before we begin to look at the prescriptions that he gave us on how to be faithful stewards of God's manifold grace, let's take uh, out some of the examples of these gifts that we are elaborated in some other passages of the scriptures. Look at Romans chapter 12, verse 6 to 8. We are coming back to First Peter. Check on Romans chapter 12, verse 12 to verse 6 to 8 says, Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. I want you to observe something. Wherever you see gifts, you see grace. Wherever you see gifts, you see grace. What is grace? Grace is God at work in me. God at work inside of my life. 
But as God is at work in me, He wants to work in a special way. He wants to manifest in a special way. The way He is manifesting through my own life, as He decides, will be different from the way He is manifesting through your own life. That's grace. God at work. You don't choose the way he will like to manifest. He is in us. Our body, we have seen, is the temple of the Holy Spirit. God is inside. And so as he's inside, he wants to manifest. He wants to move. He wants to, you know, help others, touch others, save others, minister to others. So our gift differs according to the grace of God that is given to us. And he said, whether it is prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith or ministry, that is service, let us wait on our ministry. Or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exalted on exaltation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Now, when you look at this list of seven gifts of God that we are distributed to all of us, you will notice that some of them are categorized under the speaking gift. Some of them are categorized under the service gift. Prophecy is a speaking gift. Um, teaching is a speaking gift. And exhortation is a teaching, uh, speaking gift. Then when you look at ministry, that is serving, is a service gift. You look at giving, is a service gift. You look at ruling, it is a service gift. You look at showing mercy, it is a service gift. You know, so many of us, we have come to, you know, believe to ourselves and our gifts. Possibly because it is not in the speaking gift. As if we don't have gifts at all. Eh? No. God decides how he is going to manifest through any of us. To some he would like to manifest in a service gift. This thing that is called ministry there has to do with, let's say, in a fellowship or in a church or in a discipleship setting. Everything that people do that is outside preaching or teaching is classified under ministry. The people that came to sweep the environment, clean it, they are what? In the ministry. The people that arrange the seats, clean the seats, people that are ushering people in, telling them where to sit, people that are singing, people that are every other thing apart from this speaking ones, prophecy, teaching, and exhortation, they are all under service. And we need to note that it's a gift, it's a manifestation of God. Eh? The people that you know sets the equipment, decorate the place, keep it neat, 
is a gift. Sometimes you see some people that are gifted in that area, they wouldn't like to concentrate and let God use them to do great things in that area. You see them, they will be desiring the other gift, maybe the speaking one. Possibly because it is more, you know, conspicuous. People notice the speaking person more than the person that is quietly working. Isn't it? So sometimes you see people desiring, I want to be a preacher. I want to preach like this person. I want to be like this man of God. I want to be like this woman of God. Hey, this man of God, when will I be like him? No. You must not be like him. You need to discover whether you are called and gifted in the service or you are called and gifted in the speaking. And there is no place that says that you cannot have more than one. So it's possible for somebody to have a, a speaking gift and also have a service gift. Now, I want to talk about grace before we move on. We saw grace coming in wherever the Bible is talking about gift. And we say grace is God at work. Now, how do you know that you are gifted in a particular area? You say, having gifts that is different, is different according to the grace. So, what we make your gift differ from another person's gift is what? Grace. Having gifts that are different from others according to the grace that is given to you. Grace. How do you know that you have received grace in the gift of prophecy or in the gift of teaching? You do that without struggle because it's not you. Excuse me, it is not you. It is God at work. Grace. You don't struggle before you, 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 you preach. You don't struggle before you teach. But the person that doesn't have that grace in that area, if you ask him to teach, he will not know where to start, where to end. He will be struggling. Grace. So, wherever you see grace flowing, if you check that side, you will see the gift. Do you hear what I said now? Anywhere you see, any direction, you see grace flowing. Eh? Follow that direction. Follow it. Don't stop. You will discover gifts at the end of the road. Even at the middle, you will see gifts. Where you are located, where you are called. Now, if you look at this list of seven gifts that God has given to us, my understanding of these things is that we are born with them. Every man is born with these gifts. Every human being. You know why? God has already redeemed us, saved us in Christ, waiting for the time we will activate the salvation. You understand? Every man has been saved. Where? At the cross. But the activation of the salvation is now depending on each person. Some will never activate their own till they die and go to hell. Some will activate their, their own as early as age of 12 and they will serve God you know, with the gifts for long. So, he, because he has saved us, he has deposited the gifts in you. Now, what happens at the point of salvation is when the Holy Ghost comes into your life, 
he will sanctify the gifts. Then he will fertilize the gift. By sanctifying it, it makes it pure. By fertilizing it, it makes it, you know, fruitful. More, you know what fertilizer does to, you know, what is planted. Once you, you add fertilizer to it, mm, to start growing so fast. That's why sometimes you see people that are not born again, you see that they can teach. I remember one of my teachers in the university. At the time, we have to gather. I call brother and say, please, let's pray for this man to repent. Because he's not a born again, but this man, when he handles his course, you will not like him to stop teaching. I said, how, what kind of person will this man be if he repents and handles the word of God? I was, I said, please come, let's pray for this man. We started praying and fasting for him to repent. Even though I don't know whether he has repented. Amen. So, if you look at them, okay, let's look at them one, one after the other. Look at prophecy. The first thing there is prophecy. What is prophecy? What is prophecy? When a man is, you know, speaking forth the very word of God, is a very high form of special insights, inspiration. Special revelation received directly from God and spoken out. A very high form of special inspiration, insight, and revelation from God received directly from God. For example, when Jesus said, Who do men say that I am? They were saying so many things. Then Peter said, you are, you are the Christ, the Son of the Living God. <laughs> Jesus said, "Flesh and blood has not what revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven." That's what he called prophecy. He spoke out, not because he's not, he's not coming from his head. He's coming directly from God. It's a special revelation. It's a special insight coming from heaven. Passing through his mouth, coming to God's people. Are, are you getting it? That's prophecy. Then the second one says, Minister, I've explained what ministry is that service. Any other thing that is we do, whether you are playing keyboard, like our brother on the keyboard, or you are the one that sets this environment, or you are monitoring the media, or whatever you are doing that is outside the preaching. It's a gift. This thing you are doing the play. It's a gift. It's under the ministry gift. Those who are singing, worshiping, ushering, you know, every other thing. And then teaching. What is teaching? Presentation of the truth, presentation of the word of God, the truth of the word of God, so that the people of God can understand the principles and, of course, the principles of God, which are the ways of God. 
presenting the truth of God's word so that God's people can understand his ways, can understand his principles. That's a teacher. Then the fourth gift there was called exhortation. What is exhortation? It's also presentation of the gifts, of the truth of the word of God. But this time around, not necessarily to make people understand, but to influence their emotions. To influence their emotions. What's the meaning of that? Somebody who is downcasted, who is discouraged, who is depressed, who is afraid. When somebody with the gift of exhortation comes up eh, and speak for one, two, three, four, five minutes, you see the person jumping up, shouting. Sometimes people call such people motivational speakers. Eh? But the correct word is what? Exhorters. When they speak, before you know it, you see somebody that is depressed, shouting, standing up, saying, ooh, ooh, ooh. That's a gift. Not everybody can flow in that grace, in that direction. If you don't have that grace, you try to do it, you will fail. Are you getting it? That's exhortation. They influence emotion, lift up people from, you know, the state where they are afraid. They became fearless. Where they are discouraged, they became encouraged. That's an exhorter. Still using the word of God. And then he talks about he that giveth. Every human being gives. But this particular brethren, you know, there is greater grace. In that area, you see them, they always want to give. And because they always want to give, the grace will also be flowing in their receiving. Because when they have that gift, you see God manifesting in their having because they cannot actually, you know, manifest that gift without having. So they need to have. So such people, whatever they put their hands to do, will be prospering. If they start any, any business, that business will be because God is there. He wants to give them things that will enable them to do what? Be able to manifest that gift. Sometimes we call such people kingdom financiers. Now listen. Okay, let me finish first. Then you talk about he that ruleth. That's gift of leadership. Gift of leadership. Special ability, special capacity to organize people, motivate them, influence them, and lead them in the direction of God for their lives. And then he that showeth mercy. Who doesn't show mercy? Everybody shows mercy. But those with this gift of showing mercy, they will have this capacity of showing mercy. Deepened. More, more tender. More inten- intense. When they hear that somebody had problem, other people will just shout and leave it there. After they finish shouting, they will, they will carry the thing as their body. Eh? They will be thinking about it. Is there anything I can do? 
to this person that has problem can i call him on phone and encourage him can i how can i show him pity how can i show him mercy it's a gift the same god that is manifesting in the pulpit is manifesting through showing mercy in this particular person peculiarly tell your neighbor don't despise your gift it is god that is flowing in that direction talk to him amen now i want to say again that you know it is not it may not be in only one area of gift that you are gifted you may be gifted in one two depending on how the extent of grace of god that god has decided to you know manifest through your life again that does not mean that like when we say teaching exhortation anybody can do any of these things to an extent but the people that have the gift there is more grace there is greater grace they flow more and see i want to warn again because many of us we are um, fond of comparing ministers eh? especially young people you see them comparing this minister and this minister and all of that no it's not correct because each person receives his own his own what his own gifts a minister that did not receive the gift of teaching maybe he has the gift of exhortation and as he's preaching and people are being lifted up people are being you know blessed and all of that how can you compare him with someone that we sit down and say let's look at uh, 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 hebrew chapter one verse one and spend one hour explaining every comma bringing revelation every uh, full stop inside hebrew one verse one are they comparable an exhorter can move from Genesis to Revelation in five minutes, quoting all kinds of scriptures just to lift you up. Are you getting that? So there's no need, no need to compare. And you see, when I was studying First Corinthians chapter twelve, because that's another aspect of the manifestation of the Spirit, I was thinking that the Bible called those things gifts. But when I looked at it carefully. I noticed that what he called it is the manifestation of the spirit. First Corinthians 12, verse 7. He said, But the manifestation of, of the spirit, manifestation, is given to every believer to profit without. That is to profit everyone. Manifestation is a, is a kind of gift, but why I, I wanted to bring that into this particular one is this. When you talk about word of wisdom, word of knowledge, prophecy, gift of faith, gift of healing, working of miracles, discernment of spirits, diverse kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues. Now look at it. What what kind of gift do you think that the brother or the sister that has the gift of leadership? What kind of manifestation of the spirit do you think will be coming out of his life? The brother with gift of leadership. 
Eh? Word of wisdom should be there. Because you need wisdom to do what? To lead. What is word of wisdom? Eh? Wisdom at the point of need. That's the best way to explain it. Eh? Wisdom coming to you, not because you have been thinking about it, no. You know, when you say, let me think out a solution to this problem, and so you are thinking, you know, that if you think out a solution, that's natural, normal wisdom. But word of wisdom is not going to come in that process. Your mind may not even be there. Suddenly, the wisdom, the solution to the problem will just come. You want to find out the thinking process that led to the solution. You will not be able to see. Because it came as a word. And it brings solution. It's one of the best gifts that every leader. Because at, at every point in leadership, you will see one problem or the other coming from the people you are leading. So if you don't have the word of wisdom, not even from the people you are leading only, Coming from how do we move forward? There must be always this word coming to give you direction on what to do, where to go. And then word of knowledge. The person that is teaching the word of God, nothing stops him from teaching, stopping, and giving word of knowledge. What is word of knowledge? Knowledge at an instant. A divine knowledge of someone or something that has either happened or that will happen. Coming to you, you just, in your spirit, you just know that this thing happened or this thing will happen. And then you talk about discernment of spirits, prophecy, faith, and all of that. So this manifestation of the spirit. They manifest in us still according to the gift that you have received. The manifestation of the Spirit, these nine of them, still manifest according to the gift. If your own is exhortation, there are gifts, there are manifestations of the Spirit that must follow it, and so on and so forth. Maybe I should also touch the gift of men that Jesus gave to the church. Apostles, prophets, um, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. If you read that passage carefully, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11, he said, He gave some, not all. He gave some. So, and all of those gifts, apostles, prophets, um, evangelists all of them has they are classified under speaking gifts an apostle speaks prophet speaks evangelist speaks pastor speaks and then um, speaks These are we call it gift of men that Christ gave to the church for them to prepare the church for the work of the ministry for them to train the church so that the church can be equipped to be able to do the work of the ministry, which is bringing souls to him and maturing them for kingdom advancement 
and eternity with him in heaven. So these are the uh, brief introduction we can have around different gifts that God has given to believers. Now let's look at how do we become faithful stewards of these gifts of God. How? Number one, we must look at our life first. The life of the man that God is going to pass through. The life of the man that God is at work in him in order to manifest and flow must be correct. That's where we, we should start. If our life is wrong, then God will be hindered from manifesting, from flowing. His grace will be hindered. And if at all there is anything like a gift manifesting and flowing, you know, I say, when the life of a man is correct, then you can be sure that grace is at work. And then gifts will be operating, will be happening. But when a man's life is wrong, you can have the devil. The devil can take over. Eh? And still manifest the same gifts through that man. As simple as that. That's why Jesus was speaking. He said, many will say to me on the, on the last day, did we not prophesy in your name? Who are those people? They have the gift of prophecy, so they, we are prophesying. But because their life is strong, because there is iniquity in their life, it is not by the grace of God that the gift was manifested. There's nothing like grace of the devil, so we can call it maybe the, the power and the manipulation of, the, of Satan. The gift will still be flowing, be manifested, but it is not by the grace of God. I remember a sister sharing a, a story, and somebody sharing a story of a man of God that ministered in a crusade. There are so many of them these days. So many of them. They do many things with this gift, but the life is wrong. And that proves that this is not actually the grace of God that is the base supporting the manifestation of this gift. He did so many miracles and wonders in the crusade only to be caught the same or the following day committing immorality, fornication. The person that saw him said he, did, he decided not to tell anybody to know whether power will move again in the crusade. He said to his surprise, power moved more than it moved yesterday. And that was when he, he now decided to tell the elders, look at what I saw. And when they called the man of God, he did not deny. So, 
the first thing we need to shake about this issue of gifts is to keep shaking our lives first because they can still be flowing the devil knows how to I don't know whether you know what they call interswitch eh? interswitch the the gift is maybe if your life is correct it will be manifesting flowing by the reason of the spirit of God the grace of God in your life but if you are not careful and your life becomes wrong you will still teach but no longer by the grace of God a brother will I call him a brother let me call him a brother but he said he was in a meeting he attended a youth conference and in that youth conference you know he committed um, homosexuality with someone in the night then the following day they were casting demon out and the demon refused to go he himself that committed homosexuality in the night came there and cast the demon out are you getting me? so you don't tell me that every manifestation of gifts in the name of the Lord is by the grace of God if you want to be correct if you want to be a faithful steward in fact what I noticed the Bible even call it is faithful steward of his grace of his grace because that's one he is sure of the gift can be manipulated the devil can change if you are not careful of your life as you begin to tell lies as you begin to you know compromise with sin secret sin the next thing you are going to notice is that the gift might still be flowing and that's the greatest surprise you will notice that when you still come to exhort people after you know immorality you still exhort people and after exhortation people are lifted haven't you seen it happen so many pastors living in immorality so many I hear so many things in counseling section. So many things. Yet, when you come to church on, the, on Sunday or Imago, where they are manifesting the gift of exhortation, people are lifted. Where they are teaching, people are blessed. But these are people with wrong lives. So the first thing, you remember last Tuesday, we saw that in, in, in Luke 1, 74 and 75, said that he has delivered us. Do you remember? So that we will serve him in holiness and in righteousness before him all the days of our life. So it's not about just being so much conscious of gifts, praying that we be filled with the gifts and getting this one. I want to have the gift of working of miracles so that I can raise the dead, I can do this. Please check your life. Check the base. The flower base. Eh? And be sure that it is a correct life that you are carrying. Because if the life is wrong, then you will notice that whether the gift is manifesting or not, you will have problem at the end of the day. That's one. Number two, 
we must also have to discover discover the gifts that you are given many of us are not deliberate about this and I notice that it is affecting so many of us that are not in the speaking gifts because you are not in the speaking gift, you are not teaching, you are not exhorting. You, you, you find it difficult to discover which one am I into. We have to be diligent about discovering the particular gifts. Looking at the list of the gifts. Is it in the ministry, service? Is it in the uh, giving is it in ruling leadership? And let me say something about this leadership. It's not only leadership among brethren. The people that have that gift of leadership, they are expected also to lead in the politics. Yes. They are also expected to lead. And that's why we are talking about having the correct life, life base. Because if the life is not correct... If you go out there to lead in a corrupt um, environment like we have, if you are not careful, you may be corrupted before you do anything. So, you have to discover. I don't know whether you have discovered your own. The, 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 the particular aspect of this gift that God is always flowing. Now, when you discover it, the Bible says, let us use them. That's another way of being faithful. Let us use them. If you read that first Peter, he said, As every man has received the gift, even so, minister the same one to another. Let us use them. Let us seek out ways to serve the people of God using the gift of God that we have received. We are not supposed to be passive about it. That I'm, what kills so many of us is the issue of passivity. We are just relaxed, you know, attending the subject class, going to fellowship, going to church, just like that. Take, uh, when they say it's Women's Week, you go for Women's Week. When you go, they say um, uh, Youth Week, you go for Youth Week. You are not deliberate. You are not conscious of the way God wants to manifest through you so that you will prepare yourself for his manifestation. Because God can manifest anywhere. And I say it must not be in the, in the gathering of God's people. God can manifest through you as you are walking on the road. To someone. It has been happening. So, we must be active in making sure that we put these gifts to work, having discovered your own. Now, look at the way it happens. As you use the gift that God has given to you, the gift grows, the gift multiplies. This gift comes to you as a seed. It comes to you in a very little quantity. And it has the capacity to keep growing until it becomes outstanding. For example, if God is giving you word of knowledge, 
maybe through trance or through dreams or by, by speaking to you and you, you get to know and you are not you know using it to help people you will never grow in that gift you will never grow so we must use the gift that God has given to us the more you use it the more God is increasing it it has a way of growing by use the gift grows by use not by prayer not by fasting not by uh, set apart eh? set apart is good the ultimate and most important reason of going for set apart is to grow in the knowledge of God you know but the gift of God is designed to grow by use as you are exercising it it will be rising, it will be growing. If God gives you a message of prophecy to deliver, and you allow Him because it's actually Him delivering it through you, allow Him to deliver it. Tomorrow, He would like to deliver you, deliver another one through you. But when He wants to move and you, you say, I'm, 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 Am I choice God? I'm shy. I'm this and that. Then that great gift will never grow, you will remain there. Amen. Another way of being a faithful steward of God's gifts in our course study is what First Peter told us. Verse chapter 4, verse 11. He said, If any man is in the speaking gift, anytime you want to speak, say, let him speak as the oracles of God. Let him speak as the oracles of God. What does it mean to speak as the oracles of God? Living Bible said, Let him speak as though God himself is the one speaking through his mouth. That is to say, you are like a microphone. Eh? And God is speaking through your mouth. How can one come to a point where any time he is to speak forth the word of God, either in the form of prophecy or exhortation or teaching, that it will be God himself speaking through him? He said, let him, look at that Bible, let him speak as the oracles, not oracle, as the oracles of God. That is, God is speaking in diverse, diversified manner through his mouth. How do we come to that point? That's one of the things that anyone in the speaking gift must ensure. If you are to be a faithful steward of his uh, gift. Now, before we study that in detail, I want us to shake 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2. Of four verse one, he said, "Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Stewards of what? The mysteries of God. 
We are managers. Eh? Every minister of Christ that has a speaking gift is supposed to be a manager of God's what? Mysteries. A steward of God's mysteries. Deep things of God. You shall be a custodian of God's deep things. Such that anytime you appear before people and God is to speak through your mouth, the people that are listening to you should not get the shallow things of God. There are shallow things that people without the gift would have gotten, let's say, in their quiet time, in their, you know, reading of the Bible and Bible study. But you that has come, to, you are standing before the people of God to, to deliver the word of God, there must be a way you will get yourself in, in, in alignment, in a position to be able to release unto God's people deep things, mysteries. He said, we are still worse of the mysteries of God. If you are a, a minister, I'm talking about everybody, but in the speaking gifts, enough of joke. Whether they ask you to come and give us uh, 10 minutes exhortation, eh? or they come and give, uh, tell you, please, the time is 5 minutes, you must prepare yourself that in that five minutes, the people of God should not hear shallow things of God. Shallow things of God are accessible to them at their level. And when we are talking about people in speaking gifts, I hope sisters that are listening to me are not exonerating themselves. Saying that he's uh, brothers now, he's men of God now, he's men. I hope you are not saying that in your mind. Is there any gender in what we are reading? No. Whether you are a man or you are a woman, a woman, God is God, and when He wants to manifest through you in that you know dimension of grace, that's His choice. And so you must you must be a custodian of God's secrets, eh? deep things of God. How do we become custodians of God? Because if you don't, if you are not a custodian, you will not be able to say it to people. How do we become custodians? There is always one thing that Psalm 25 verse 9 emphasizes. Psalm 25 verse 9. Okay, verse 14, sorry. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. Psalm 25, verse 14. The mysteries, the secret of the Lord is with which kind of people? He's not with everybody. And he will show them his covenant.
There must be a man, a woman that fears God. And how do you know whether you fear God or not? Look at some uh, Proverbs 16 verse 6. Proverbs 16 verse 6. If you want to check whether you are fearing God. By mercy and truth, iniquity is forged. And by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. So you can't say you are fearing God when you are still in evil. By fear of God, when men fear God, they don't stay in evil, they depart from it. So, if you are going to be a faithful steward of God's you know, mysteries, so that when you are speaking, Anytime you are standing speaking, it will be God speaking to you through your mouth, releasing deep things of, of His to His people. Then you must be someone that fears God because the secret of the Lord is with them that fear Him. And He will show them His covenant. Jeremiah chapter 15 verse 19. Stay on speaking as oracles of God. Jeremiah chapter 15 verse 19. God was speaking to Jeremiah in that place. He said, Therefore, this is what the Lord says. If you repent, I will restore you that you may serve me. I'm reading NIV. If you utter worthy words, not worthless words, you will be my spokesman. Let these people turn to you and you shall not turn to them. If you utter worthy words, not worthless words, then you shall be my mouthpiece. That's how to be an oracle. God said, I don't pass through every mouth. Eh? If you want your mouth to be my mouth, so that I'll be speaking through you anytime I want to teach my people, anytime I want to exhort them, anytime I want to speak my mind to them through prophecy then your mouth your your mouth must not utter worthless word if you read it with uh, king james jeremiah 15 verse 19 with king james he said therefore thus says the lord if you will return then i will bring thee again and thou shalt stand before me and if thou take forth the precious from the vial Thou shalt be as my mouth. You will be my mouth. Eh? When I want to talk, your mouth is my mouth. That's how to be a faithful steward of God's grace, of God's gift. That if you, you have the speaking gift, anytime you're speaking, your mouth should be God's mouth. And one way to ensure this is that Worthless words. Our mouth must be consecrated. God doesn't like, you know, when your mouth is speaking lies, when your mouth is speaking gossip, when your mouth is still fighting and quarreling, then He wants to pass through the same mouth. No, now He doesn't. It's the devil that will like to pass through such mouth that speaks evil, tells lies, fights, quarrel. The devil can easily pass through such a mouth and, you know, speak. And he didn't speak as if he's God, to, just to deceive people. Move to Jeremiah chapter 23. 
still on speaking, speaking gate, faithful stewards of God's speaking gate. God was talking about the prophets that are not faithful in the manifestation of his gift. In verse 13, he said, I have seen the folly in the prophets of Samaria. They prophesy in Baal and cause my people Israel to err. I have seen also in the prophets of Jerusalem and horrible thing. They commit adultery and walk in lies. Now you see the, the wrong life we are talking about. These people are prophesying. They are speaking. But look at their life. They, they strengthen also the hands of the evildoers. How do they do that? By their evil doing. As they are doing evil and they are prophesying, they strengthen the hands of evildoers. That none doth return from his wickedness. They are all of them unto me as Sodom, and the inhabitants thereof as Gomorrah. Therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, concerning the prophets, behold, I will feed them with one wood and make them drink the water of God. For from the prophet of Jerusalem is profaneness gone forth into all the land. Eh? Can you see unfaithfulness in the highest order here? The people that are supposed to be manifesting, leading people of God into holiness, into righteousness, they are, it is now profaneness, iniquity, evil that they are spreading because of their life. Thus says the Lord of hosts, taking not unto the words of the prophet that prophesy unto you. They make you vain. They speak a vision of their own heart and not out of the mouth of the Lord. Or is unfaithfulness for you to come up before people, if you have a speaking gift, to say what is in your own heart. To speak the vision of your own heart. Eh? You must speak things that is coming out of the mouth of the Lord. For you to be a faithful steward of God's gift in the speaking level. They say still unto them that despise me. Listen. They say unto them that despise me. Still. The Lord has said you will have peace. Eh? And they say unto everyone that walketh after the imagination of his own heart. No evil shall come upon you. Does this happen or not? Some, some years ago I was in the bus and one uh, man came this, some of these people that beg money in, in park in the name of preach. He came and was prophesying, You shall succeed, you shall prosper, no evil shall befall you, and all of that. He was saying so many things. Then when he finished, they came in the name of preaching, but when they finished, they started begging money. So when he finished, one man called him. We are sitting in the same room. He was at the other extreme. He called him and he said to him, I heard you saying that people in the bus shall prosper. He said, yes. He said, why don't you tell the wicked that are in this bus that we shall not be well with them? God said in his word that say to the wicked, he shall not be well with him. Say to the righteous, he shall be well with him. I just overheard, I didn't know how the man responded. You know, but I love that man because when I finished preaching in that bus after the journey, when we broke on the road, the same man came to me and said, thank you for that message. Maybe the man asked the gift of exhortation to encourage. He didn't preach, but he has encouraged me. Amen. So, you see what God is saying here. Some of the prophets, 
you are, you see people that are living in sin, committing evil. You are telling them that no evil shall befall you. You shall have peace. God say, I'm not happy with that. This is what is happening in various congregations. Sinners go to church, come back untouched. Nobody tells them where's that we move them to repent from their sins. God said, you are not faithful. Faithful stewards of God's gift in this speaking. You must be able to turn, God's, turn people, people, people away from their sin unto their God. That's faithfulness. Don't be confused. Verse 18. For who had stood in the counsel of the Lord and had perceived and heard his word? Who has marked his word and heard it? This is another manifestation of faithfulness. Everyone that must be faithful in the speaking gift must learn to stand in the counsel of the Lord. You must learn to come before the Lord so that you will hear what he is saying. He said you must stand in his counsel. You will perceive his word and you will hear his word. And after hearing his word, you will mark it and hear it again. I have not sent, sent these prophets yet they ran. Verse 21. That's unfaithfulness. Unfaithfulness in the speaking gift is to move when you are not sent. Eh? Is to stand up to start prophesying the imagination of your own heart. Not, you know, what God is saying through your mouth. Eh? You just imagine that, you know, God is going to bless this person. And then you start saying, there is somebody here. God is going to bless you. Or you say, there is a brother here. You are having a headache. God has healed you. If you check that congregation, you may, you may see somebody that is having a headache. It's not coming from the mouth of the Lord. It's coming from the imagination of your own heart. That's your faithfulness. God said, I have not sent this prophet. It's not me that sent them to say what they are saying. That is to say, before you will ever speak or teach or exhort or prophesy in any of the speaking gifts, you must be sent. You must move from the, from the presence of God as someone God has sent to go and say something. When you are sent, you, you will be given a message. Eh? Anyone that is sent is given a message. You say, I have not sent them, yet they ran. I have not spoken to them, yet they prophesied. He said, but if they had stood in my counsel, and I wish that they had stood in my counsel, they would have heard my words. Eh? And because they have heard my words, they would have told the people my words, and as a result of that, they would have turned them from their evil way and from the evil of their doings. They would have turned them from their evil way and from the evil of their doings. Is faithfulness. Anytime you finish preaching, teaching, exhorting, and the people of God are not turned away from their evil way. They are not turned away from their unbelief. They are not turned away from their worries. They are not turned away from their the evil of their doings. Then you have not ministered faithfully. Amen. Now look at verse 25. I have heard what the prophet said that prophesy lies in my name, saying, 
I have dreamed. I have dreamed. How long shall this be in the heart of the prophets that prophesy lies? Eh? Yeah, they are the prophets of the deceit of their own hearts. Eh? Which thing to cause my people to forget my name by their dreams? Which they tell every man of his neighbor as their fathers have forgotten my name for bad. The prophet that had a dream, let him tell a dream. And he that has my word, let him speak my word faithfully. For what is the shaft of the wheat, says the Lord. God began to address those who are, you know, when they come to preach, they start sharing dreams. As if dreams and visions has become a replacement for the word of God. He says, it's not, it's not my word like a fire. Says the Lord, like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. Eh? He that has dream, let him tell dream. But don't call it my word. Just say, I have a dream. Eh? But let him that has my word. So you must have his word. And then you have to speak it out faithfully. What does it mean to speak the word of God faithfully? To speak it without fear, without favor, without partiality. Verse 30. Therefore, behold, I'm against the prophets, says the Lord, that steal my words, everyone for his neighbor. These are, these are a group of thieves. Eh? He was addressing all kinds of unfaithfulness in the ministry of the world. There are people that prophesy the imagination of their heart. There are people that are not sense they, they were wrong. There are people that, you know, they are prophesying their dreams. Then, he's now talking about those who are stealing my word from one another. When you are giving a, a, a topic to preach, you go and search who has preached the topic before. And then you come to repeat exactly what the person has preached. As if God cannot speak to you. It's unfaithfulness for you to do that. Because that is something God wants to tell his people. Not what he, he spoke through that man that you have listened to. And you want to pass the same message across. Amen. In the example of Jesus on this matter... He has so many examples for us. In John chapter 8 verse 26, he said, I have many things to say and to judge of you. I have many things to say and to judge of you. But he that sent me is true. And I speak to the world those things which I have heard of him. Faithfulness. I don't say everything that I have to say. I say only what I have heard. In chapter 12 verse 49 and 50 he said for I have not spoken of myself I have not spoken of myself but the father which sent me he gave me a commandment what I should say and what I should speak you read that with uh, NIV NIV 12.49 For I did not speak of my own but the Father which 
who sent me commanded me to say all that I have spoken. I know that his commands lead to eternal life. So whatsoever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. I start where he starts and where he stops, I stop. There's always a temptation to continue to talk even when we are stopped. Say, even as, as the Father has said unto me, so I speak. So that's how Jesus showed us example of how to be a faithful steward of God's gift in the area of speaking. Now let's conclude with being a faithful steward in manifesting the service gifts. Go back to that first Peter chapter 4 verse 11. If any man speak, let him speak as, as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability that God giveth. That God in all things may be glorified. Right. Let me read that from NIV and the Living Bible again. First Peter 4. Verse 11. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides. Eh? The strength, the ability that God Himself provides. Living Bible said, Are you called to help others? Do it with all the strength and the energy. That God supplies the ability, the energy, the strength that God supplies. In other words, before you come to clean seats, you must not do that with the strength that is coming from your own flesh. In Acts chapter 6, Peter called the apostles, and the rest of the people said, It is not good for us to leave the word of God and to start serving tables. Let us appoint men that will be in charge of the kitchen, cooking. He now said, the kind of men that will do this work are men that are full of what? Holy Ghost and full of wisdom. What are they going to do with Holy Ghost full and wisdom full? Tell me. For them to be able to cook in the kitchen, for them to be able to distribute food, share food, they need to be filled with what? With the Holy Ghost. Because they are not supposed to do that with their own strength. The difference between you sharing food as a, a faithful uh, steward of God's gift in the ministry gift of you know, serving and the, an unbeliever sharing food is that the unbeliever is doing that with his own wisdom. He's doing that with his own strength. But you, you must pray and get filled with God's strength before you come out. I don't know whether you're understanding what, what we're talking about. Eh? It's normal for somebody who knows how to play, uh, play keyboard to just jump on the keyboard and start playing without praying. 
men that are to play keyboard are men that are full of the Holy Ghost and full of wisdom from above. Men that should play band. You know what goes on in the band? When they finish smoking and drinking, shaking, shaking. You know, somebody said that when they have uh, this stage performance, eh, they will go and, they, because they want boldness, they will go and shake, drink, so that they will be looking at people eyeball to eyeball. It's, it's a terrible abuse. What they are supposed to do, what you are supposed to do, whether you are going to do the work of archery in the church, or you are going to set seats, or you are going to play an instrument, whatever service work you are going to do, you must pray and get filled with the Holy Ghost. You must get filled with God's wisdom. Prepare yourself. It's unfaithfulness for you to jump on the keyboard, jump on the bat, or pick up mic and say, somebody shout hallelujah without prayer, without preparation, without, you know, getting filled. He said, if you must do that, you must do that, not with your own strength. And there's no way you can do that with the strength, all the strength that God supplies if you're not filled with it. So, is a is compulsory that anybody who is going to serve in the service gifts must be full of the Holy Ghost. Think about the one that is to give. Eh? Giving. You know what I said? These things are inside of us when we are born. Do you remember? Then when you got born again, is activated. Then sanctified and fertilized. Now look at it. If you are not filled with the Holy Ghost, you will be following that your natural, you know, inclination of giving. You won't know the person that the Holy Ghost or God wants you to. You know the Bible says, as many as are led by the Spirit. Listen, the basic requirement for faithfulness in the manifestation of service gifts and also speaking gifts is being filled with the Holy Ghost. Those in the service gifts, they neglect this so much. Eh? You just give. Anybody that come up and say, I'm in a deed, I want to have this. Say, how much do you have? You know, you, you will not pray. You will not ask the Lord. You will not know. Do that with which, with the energy, the strength, the wisdom that God provides. You will use your own natural wisdom like every other unbeliever and check and check and then you give. Eh? I heard of a man that has this particular gift and God bless me, he has strength. So sometimes you see people, they will say, I'm a missionary. They are not missionary anything. They just want money. They want to go, they, 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 they say they want to go for mission. They are not going for any mission. How will you be able to discern? So you can see that those in the giving gifts must have discernment of what? Of spirit. For you to be able to operate that gift very well. Otherwise, people will just, you know, pretend that they are hungry when they are not hungry. And they will come to you. Eh? Like Ananias, you know Ananias? He pretended that this money is all the money he has. Peter, Peter dictated him immediately. 
those in the leadership should also have that discernment of, of spirit. Those in the leadership. Because you will be there as the you know, minister of state for science and technology. And then somebody will come and say, I need this one. This one happens. You should be able to, in the spirit, find what is true or not. So, the gift for us to be able to manifest these gifts that are... Look at Daniel. Daniel. Daniel was not in the speaking gift. Eh? You know Daniel? He was not in the speaking gift. No, There's nobody to preach, preach to in his time. He's not preaching anything. He's just a civil servant. But highly spiritual. Eh? Always praying. Always filled with the Holy Spirit. Full of discernment. You cannot play around his office. He will dictate where you are going before you come. He will see you and see what you are coming to do before you enter. So when you enter, he say, Madam, sit down. Let me tell you why you are here. Eh? You are here to ask for help in your business. But the truth is that you are not doing any business. So go. Eh? When you start business, you can come. How did you know me, sir? A civil servant. How many Christian civil servants are like that? If not to use break time to gossip and to laugh on this level. So, if we are to be faithful stewards of God's gift in showing mercy, eh? in showing mercy, we must be full of the Spirit always. You know, when you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you get to the filling station of the Spirit, which is the presence of God. You start worshiping, you start praying, you start. Uh... Now, but the truth is that we are supposed to live in the very presence of God every second of the day, every second of the night. Genesis 17 verse 1, God said to Abraham, I am the Lord God Almighty. Walk before me, live before me, live before me and be blameless. Live before me, walk before me. Nice. Live your life in my very presence. Ah, I wish that God will help us because that's the, that's the only way we can always be feared when you are conscious that you are in his presence always. Many of us are not that conscious. In fact, we are more careful not to do what is bad before men than we are when we are alone because we are not conscious of living before his presence. Walk before me and be blameless. That is, live your life in my presence. Anywhere you are, are you in the secret? Are you in the open? Are you in darkness? Maybe, or you are in the light? Anywhere you are, are you with people that doesn't know you or people that knows you? Live in my presence. When you are conscious of the presence of God, you notice that your spirit will be in communication with Him always and you will remain filled. If I want to get my car filled with fuel, I will drive it to the station, isn't it? Now, if I want my car as I'm driving, so that 
as the car is using the fuel, the thing will be refilling. Eh? What am I going to do? I will carry the Flintstone with me. Eh? Anywhere I'm going, the Flintstone should be what? Should be with me. So that as I'm going, as soon as the thing is going down, it's refilling it. That's what you are supposed to do. We are supposed to carry God with us. Carry God into your bedroom. Eh? Carry God into your uh, place of work. Carry God into anywhere. Once you are conscious that God is with me, you cannot talk anyhow before God. You cannot, you know, do anything anyhow. That consciousness of His presence gets us filled with the Spirit always. And as we are filled with Him always, we are prepared at all times to manifest this gift in the way that we glorify Him. Say, so that God will be glorified through Jesus Christ forever and ever. It's only when we, you know, do the work with the ability, with the energy, with the strength that God alone provides, that God in all things will be glorified through Jesus Christ. To the praise and dominion, to whom be the praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. I want us to conclude at this point by remembering that some of our you know, the saints that have lived before us, they were not angels. Eh? Was Paul an angel? Peter, was he an angel? I don't know whether some of you have read about a man they call Saint Augustine, Martin Luther, John Wesley, John Knox. These men, are they angels? are men that gave their life to God and allowed God to pass through them and manifested in their generation. They are not going to come back. They are watching us. This is our own time and the time is shortened by the uncertainty of what is ahead of us. It is no longer time to joke. It's time to be serious and be committed in the opportunities that God has given to us, whether in the speaking or in the service gift. If you know that God has given you grace in the service gift, if you know that you have that grace in the ministry, stop eyeing pulpit, concentrate. God will help you to develop in that area. In the uh, ruling, Follow God. Pray and let God guide you on how to come out in that direction. Be, be focused. We, I say we have to be very active about these gifts. Many of us are just relaxed. We are not, we are not, here we come, here we go. Another year we come, another year we go. We, just, we are just doing religion, going for programs. We are going from one conference to another retreat, from a retreat to another congress. What, what, how is God manifesting through your life? In the environment where you are, how is He flowing? He's not only speaking in tongues, and after speaking in tongues, what else? Can't we come for a meeting and someone will say, I have a word from God for you? And it will be a word, accurate word from God. 
it is because if you are not conscious of this, it will not happen. I want to conclude by saying that one other thing that will help this gift to flow, whether in the speaking gift or in the service gift, is intercession. Intercession. If you have not learned how to intercede for others, it will be hard for God to pass through us to visit them. We must make it a habit, a duty to always intercede on behalf of others. It is through this intercession that God will begin to speak to you about various needs in the lives of people based on the gift that you have received. Whether you have opportunity to preach, those people you have to preach, so you have to intercede for them, both before and after the preaching. As we do this, I believe that God will be ready to manifest through us and build His church. While on others thou art called do not pass me by Oh, Lord, who 
you have shown manifested in this aspect. We are called to be stewards of God's manifold grace. Stewardship of His gifts. Will you repent and say to God, I have not been faithful. I have not been using the gifts that you have given to me to serve others. I am intimidated. I'm afraid. I, 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 I'm sure that you have given me this particular gift, but I've not been using it. Some of us, we need to repent of passivity. You have been so passive, so long enough. Oh, Jesus. Some of us, God said to Jeremiah, if you stop speaking worthless words, then I will use you as a mountains. Is your mouth consecrated those of us with speaking gifts? Can we pray concerning our mouth? The same mouth we are supposed to use to preach, we are using it to say worthless things. Things that are defiling, quarreling worse and fighting worse, lying and gossip, criticizing, criticizing others, complaining and murmuring, arguing unnecessarily. Father, we need help. Sanctify us, forgive us. The church has been going down because the gifted ones are not acting. They are shy, they are afraid, they are intimidated. It's time to rise up to serve the Lord. Without fear. He has delivered us that we should serve Him without fear. In holiness and righteousness. It's time to start paying attention to the gift of God in your own life. Thank, thank God for your religious activities. You go for programs here and there. But does it touch you that God has endowed you with a gift that you need to focus on and allow God to cooperate with God so that he can manifest and flow through you? Can you say to God, from today I'm going to discover my gift, I am going to focus on it, I will be active in using it, in manifesting it, in serving others, in serving the church, in serving your people. Hey! Jesus I will be faithful. 
custodian of the secrets of God, a custodian of the mysteries of God. I will not stand before people to waste their time by telling them what they know. Shallow things. It must be deep secret things of God as I fear the Lord. The secret of God is within that fear. Not shallow things will I prophesy. My prophecy shall not be shallow. My prophecy shall not be shallow. My exhortation shall not be shallow. It shall be deep. My teaching shall not be shallow. It shall be deep. If you are not gifted, there's no point going there. But if you are gifted, it must be deep things of God. We are we are stewards of His mysteries. We are stewards of His mysteries. You can't be giving people shallow things in the name of preaching. No. Everyone that is serving God in the service must always be filled with the Holy Ghost. That is the criteria. That is the minimum requirement. Including those that will be in the kitchen to cook food and share for us. Those in the kitchen that are cooking food, you must be filled with the Holy Ghost. You can't be carnal in the kitchen. Ah! 
kingdom of Christ. I say together, together we stand, united we are, regardless of Oh, oh, oh. 
by God's word. This message and many more can be downloaded from our website www.calvaryonline.org For testimonies, counseling and prayers you can send an email to calvaryrevivallabels at gmail.com or call 080 could also follow us on all our social media platforms at Calvary Revival Labels.